0: Shout out NBC 4 National. <laughs> nice. Lovely <laughs> nice. oh, that's a shulker. breaker a shulker. Blau und weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute. Wie geht's? Willkommen zum das einzige Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right folks, officially the world's only English Schalke podcast worldwide. This is Schalke America and I am your host Richard Carmen. Schalke fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English speaking fans of the club, get their point of view across and bring you game highlights. Joining me on the on the show is co-host Jack Mangan. Happy Victory Saturday, Jack.
1: Victory Saturday, and happy to report that that was the last international window for quite some time, so Thank we goodness. don't have to worry about any of that nonsense for quite a while. How are you doing, sir?
0: I am doing quite well. You know, uh, with, with celebrating a victory. I'm deciding to drink a little beverage tonight. I'm drinking a little uh, India Pale Ale by RAR. How are you doing?
1: I am enjoying some uh, crisp, refreshing water.
0: <laughs> recovery <laughs> mode aren't you absolutely <laughs> we are not so on this one jack though uh we got a special guest to talk shalka um of course i'm talking about the host of the Zweite bundesliga podcast matthew karagic uh welcome to the show matthew
2: oh thank you for having me appreciate it
0: absolutely and uh you know before we begin um I, you know i said that you're the host of the uh, Zweite bundesliga podcast uh what else you got going on
2: um, I do some uh, tactical analysis writing um, for Football Bloody Hell, um, covering the side of Bundesliga, so one piece a week. Um, I'll um, pick a game and, and basically talk about that and what I've seen. And, and this coming week, um, I've got uh, Nürnberg and uh, Greuter Fert, Franconia Derby, and um, uh, our Chalker coach, Jens Keller, is first game in charge of the club. And, um, wow. yeah, I'm going to take a look at that, so... um. Yeah, that's uh, in terms of uh, other stuff, yeah, that's kind of what I'll do.
0: Jack, I think it might be safe to say that he's drinking coffee uh, at the time because he's in Australia, <laughs> aren't you know.
2: I am. Uh, surprisingly, no coffee in my cup, just uh, very much like like Jack, just a nice cup of water, to be honest.
1: No better way to start the day than being hydrated. That, uh, that Jens Keller appointment was pretty amusing just because obviously there's a lot of good nature between uh, Nuremberg and Schalke supporters. So when, the, the, when that Schalke connection happened with the coach, people were uh, quite amused by that. So hopefully that goes well for them. Um, definitely going to have to follow them a little bit more closely now.
2: Yeah, they're actually in need of a, a bit of a turnaround. Uh, they're sitting 14th as, as as we're recording this podcast. And uh, um, yeah, lots of problems defensively. They were they were smacked by Arminia Bielefeld before the international break and um, uh, five goals to one. So yeah, they, they need a lot of help uh keller has talked about it that they need to be better defensively which they're the worst defensive team in the league at the moment um so yeah it will be interesting to see how he goes hopefully he does a lot better than he did at ingolstadt um last season
0: well the rundown of today's show we're obviously going to talk the victory over bremen uh we'll look ahead to next week's match at home against union berlin uh, and But before we get into the Bremen match, uh, I want to really, quick, really quickly get back into uh, last week's uh, 3-3 game, a head-scratching game, Jack. Uh, it's against Dusseldorf. We were very much expecting a win in this game. Um, three times we took the lead in the game. Three times we blew the lead. What do you make of that game from last week?
1: Yeah, it's the same old story. We talk about this all the time. It, yeah. It's the frustrating aspect of this club that seems to somehow remain season to season where we're just incapable of of putting in performances against lower table teams for the most part uh, that that reflect our higher position in the table, as as we always say, like, I mean, I mean if you're going to be a European team, uh, you need to get the business done against some of these lower sides and actually look like a European team. And it's just rare that we do that. We tend to just kind of keep a lot of teams in games where we shouldn't. And uh, yeah, that was a great example that, as you said, took the lead on three separate occasions and could just not lock it up. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much of that is related to the center back situation that we had at the moment. Um, a little bit makeshift makeshift pairing back there. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, that will you know get better as time goes, as Kabbat gets more comfortable. And now we had Nastasic come in today for I think the first time this season. Uh, Back from injury. So that that's that's certainly promising. But uh, yeah, very disappointing uh, result heading into the international break.
0: And uh, Daniel Calagiri scored his first goal of the season in that game. Uh, but Matthew, um, we were talking pre-Pod that you know Schalke tends to make the opposition strikers look like Robert Lewandowski, and uh, Patrick Henning was no nothing short of that. He got a hat trick in that game. Um, what do you make about Schalke? You know, as Jack said, you know we play down to our competition a lot of times, and we make other strikers just look like phenomenal, world-class players.
2: Yeah, and it's <clears throat> excuse me quite frustrating that you know Henning, who's to be fair to him, is having actually quite a good season for Dusseldorf. Um, but okay. One of his goals came from the, from the spot. Um, but the other two goals, some pretty questionable defending uh, the the situation in that game was, was, um, not ideal in terms of the defensive pairing. Um, be as, as we said, um, pre-recording that for some reason, uh, certain individuals have this tendency to score goals against us. um, Daniel Bayer obviously comes to mind, not a striker, but for some reason he scores against us quite a lot. Um, but I get, I guess you almost have to take it with with a great assault. You you look at the result last season against Düsseldorf at home where they beat us four goals to nil. And um, obviously different situation, different managerial um, prowesses, obviously Hoop Stevens at that time. Um, but yeah, f- for whatever reason... We seem to 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 play down to our competition, and as a result, that that should have been three points we should have taken. But I guess credit to Dusseldorf for for hanging in there um, and fighting the fight and getting a result.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so we we get a point. We didn't lose that game, I guess, but um, you know we we blew the lead three times, which is uh, disheartening because as Jack as you said, you want to be a European team, you have to win games like that. Uh, you have to play better than your competition i mean if you when you're playing teams at the top of the table certainly you need to rise to the top but when you're playing the teams on the bottom you just need to take care of them and beat them beat them handily like we did paderborn early in the season but um yeah, not not many of our performances recently have been that right.
1: dominant in my opinion i mean dating back at least to the the, the Cole match where you know we gave up that late lead um, to let them back in and, and drop two points. The Hoffenheim match, uh, you know, despite losing that game 2-0, I don't think that really reflected the scoreline. But once again, I, I, you know, we were expecting to pick up points there, although Hoffenheim has, you know, been surging, obviously, of late. But, uh, you know, the Dortmund match again, we almost blew the uh, the People-Cal match against Zerminia Bielefeld. Like, that was shaky. Um, the Augsburg required quite a comeback. And then, of course, yeah, last week, you know, uh, before the international break, last match day, I should say. Um, so... I, I just would like to get back to some of the performances we, as we had a little bit earlier in the season, um, whether it's against. I mean, obviously, Paderborn's kind of an outlier. Outlier, given you know their their overall quality, but you know uh, the hair to match the you know the 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 Leipzig performance. Those kind of those kind of performances. As so, I don't have to uh, you know go into cardiac arrest in the last 10 minutes. A lot of these games. <laughs>
0: Yeah, unfortunately, the Schalke fans. I think that's uh, that's a good part of the bargain. I think is uh, that last minute, ten minutes of cardiac arrest. Um, but we did get back to winning ways against Bremen uh, in this one, and you know we were we were on the road in this one, um, and so to look at the lineup real quick before we get into this, in uh, goal Pavlenka, and then you had a back four of uh, Gibredz Gibred Selassie, uh, Vialkovic, Lancab, Agasinsen, uh, and then in the midfield you had Agustin, who's one another player who seems to always score against us. Uh, Nuri Sahin, uh, Bergfrede, and Klassen. and then up top you had Osako and Rashitsa. Uh, Matthew, you know, looking at that lineup, uh, the starting lineup in particular for Bremen. Uh, any names jump out of you that you were worried about? You know, going 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 into it.
2: Uh, Milo Rashitsa, hundred um, percent, absolute quality player, and and someone who would look fantastic in a royal blue shirt. Uh, very good on the ball, quick, decisive. Um, And he's made a really good partnership with Yuya Sarko. And um, those were the two players I was kind of concerned about. Normally, if we took on the the form of last season, you would you would say Maxi Egerstein, But uh, he's been a bit he's been a bit off um, this season uh, and and so a as a whole. So um, definitely Rashitsa would be the, the one guy I was more worried about heading into this game.
0: I, I think I'm right there with you because uh, uh what four goals, three assists so far this season, and I think he's going to be named Kosovo Player of the Year. Uh, so uh, he's certainly a, a a player that you know you want to keep your eye on because he he does score and, and take those opportuni- uh, opportunities when they present themselves. Uh, so looking over to the Shaka lineup uh, in goal, obviously the captain Alexander Nubel. In defense, you had Kenny Nastasic, and as Jack mentioned, Kabak and you know, Ochipka. Midfield you had Kalajiri, uh, Mascarell, Mascarel, Serdar, and Harit and as well Raman and then Uth up top. Jack, um Uth and Raman making a start again. Um how'd you feel with this uh with those two in particular, but you know, just the lineup in general uh with this with this game?
1: Loved it. couldn't have been happier.
0: <laughs> well I guess Burksaller is an idea, no, so I guess yeah, that's a good yeah,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, we've been seeing this. Quite a bit recently. Uh, Burksheller hasn't started. I don't think in a while now. Several games. Uh, initially, we thought it might have just been a squad rotation thing, uh, but obviously, it's it's possible there's been sort of a change in. He got our memo. Um, <laughs> well, not entirely, but <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's true. That's true. He yeah, got half the memo, right? Yeah. Uh, still, still. I mean, and this is this is worth saying. There were four different strikers that played for Schalke today. None of them were named Ame Kutushu. So even in a game where we play four. Of, of, of uh, the people on our team that are in that general position, is uh, still not getting a sniff. Over the international break, there were some rumors going around. There were multiple clubs interested in loaning him in January, potentially. I think maybe Dusseldorf might have been one of those. Yeah. Uh, I think Joachim Schneider came out and basically... Uh, Immediately said, "Yeah, that's not happening." He's an important part of our plans. Um, maybe Schneider's plans. I don't know about Vocker's plans. Um, yeah. and then uh, Kitutu came out, which he didn't have to do, and and made a nice statement himself, basically saying that you know it's always, he's always wanted to play for this team, and he's very excited to be here, and is committed to to staying there, and and you know, earning his earning his spot, and and working hard to get whatever minutes he can. So that was uh, that was nice, but you would have liked to maybe see him as usual at some point. Um, didn't even get that cameo, that substitute appearance from him today. So, whatever, uh, something to keep an eye on for next week potentially. But beyond that, uh, pretty standard. No McKenny today. That's possible because he was coming back from uh, international duty. Maybe that's the reason why Katuchu as well wasn't featured at all because those those guys got back to camp. I think late. I think maybe they only trained one day with the team before this before this match. Um, but yeah, the big the big news is Nastasic, healthy. Uh, In the lineup, which is which is huge, given uh, the injury trouble we have with Sane and Stambouli being out long term. Um, Nice to have two proper center backs back there. And this is uh, the first game uh, with those two. And hopefully they can uh, build some chemistry and do well together
0: yeah and um, Matthew kind of staying on that tangent about Katuchu uh, he got his first uh, call up with well, he got called up with the Turkish national team um, and so what were your initial thoughts when you heard during this international break that you know teams are looking at you know uh, loaning getting getting the services of Katuchu teams like Dusseldorf and some of the other ones that are named What were your initial thoughts on that you think did you think it was something like Wagners behind this or just rumors in general how did you feel?
2: Uh, probably not as surprised. Um, given the the bundles of talent that he has at his disposal, you don't get caught up to a national team such as Turkey, um, for by no mistake. So um, I think Freiburg was one of the other clubs that were that were interested in bringing him in and and on loan um, for 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 six or eighteen months. And I think I think there would become there'd come a situation where. Him as a player, and, and the club would have to realise that if Wagner is not does not see him as one of the four best strikers, um, maybe it's not a bad idea to send him. I I would rather him play in a Schalke shirt, and he should be playing ahead of Borgstaller. Um, but I think I think you know if he, at at his age, you want him to be getting as much football as possible at the best. At the best level possible and and if there are clubs that are legitimately thinking about bringing him in on loan um and are, and are gonna play him then i think it it might be a good thing for his development as a, as a footballer and maybe it gives him something to work on when he uh, before he comes back so I, I i'm kind of open with the idea rather than playing playing you know regular minutes f- for schalke Um, But if that's not possible, I think a loan deal won't be the worst thing for him.
1: So I I completely agree with a lot of what you said there. Uh, I I agree with the sentiment that at his age, it's important for him to be getting as many minutes as possible at a high level. And if there's a team that's going to bring him in and not Juan Miranda him uh, and actually (laughs) actually (laughs) toss him some minutes, then, yeah, that'd be a great thing to me. It just it would make more sense if you looked at what was happening on the pitch and you said, He's surplus to requirements and potentially he is in Wagner's mind. But to so many fans out there. We we watch this team week in, week out, and he doesn't appear to be surplus to requirements because there's a lot of dissatisfaction with what's happening at the top. And so it's like, yeah, we should go put him on loan. Like, no, we should we should be using him and letting him him help us instead of somebody else, because it's not like, you know, we're just banging in the goals right and left from that position so and yeah obviously I, we've covered this ad nauseum on this podcast there's more to it in Wagner's mind than just that which is which is fair but just yeah the idea that we have to send him somewhere else to get minutes is uh just you know peak frustration for me at this point
0: yeah uh and it's worth note that uh Katusha did get 85 minutes as he started for Turkey uh, over the week over the weekend against Andorra so uh there's at least against getting some pitch time there I guess that might be the most pitch time he'll get uh uh, well, at least in the immediate future. Uh, so hopefully that changes soon. But uh, at the moment, uh, Turkish the Turkish national team is the best place to get pitch time at the moment. Um, so yeah, uh, the game against Bremen, uh, you know, Schalke do tend to play down to their opponent. Uh, Bremen is a bottom half of the table kind of team, and uh, we knew it was going to be a tough game, especially since it was on the road. Uh, but I thought Schalke pretty much started started very positively. I thought you know, um, they had a lot of a lot of the ball early on. Uh, getting a lot of shots or getting a lot of, I guess, somewhat of opportunities. But it seemed like, um, and I mentioned this at halftime, the Bremen, you know, the few chances that they did have, they looked dangerous on those plays. And that's what worried me because, you know, it's always we when we are watching these Shaka games, when they don't score goals or they score only one goal, they give the opportunity for the other team to possibly get a goal in there and then the game completely flips on its end. Uh, and that was my big worry. But I thought for the most part, you know, Shaka started very positively. Uh, Matt, how'd you. Uh, how'd you see the opening opening stanzas of the game?
2: Yeah, it was it was it was very interesting how it played out early on. Um, Bremen seemed very content to sit back, uh, very passive in in the way that they were set up, and then obviously looking to uh, win possession back and then hit Schalke on the counter. So it was pretty. It seemed pretty evident early on that um, they were more than happy for Schalke to. To, to, to kind of play with possession. Uh, but I do agree, when they got on those breaks, so you looked in the opening 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, um, Rashidza had a, an opportunity on goal. And um, yeah, a player of his quality who had some really good chances in the whole grand scheme of the game. Um, I think, um, you know, it was obviously a good thing for us that he didn't score, but um, they, they, we, we did look a little bit frail at the back, at times, um, in the first fifteen minutes, especially when they when they broke quickly, um, they they were able to exploit those spaces.
0: Jack, is it you know kind of feeding off what Matt was saying about the you know the frailties of the defense? Um, is that kind of why Bremen looked dangerous in those couple of opportunities they had? Or I mean, Bremen do have a little bit of quality on their team, but that shouldn't be a reason for them to be looking so dangerous against us, is it?
1: I, mean, I think they do have quality. I think th- their table position at the moment, I. Maybe I'm in the minority on this. It's a little bit surprising to me. I expected them to be playing a little bit better this season right. than they have. They've been on this what is it, seven or eight game, um, streak without a without a victory. Yeah. Uh. So they've definitely been kind of floundering at the moment. But you look at I mean you look at the squad and there's still some really good players and there obviously you guys talked about Mila Rashitsa, um, as a name that jumped off the team sheet. Somebody that's actually been linked with Schalke. At least some of the rumor mill things I've been seeing, which we all I think would be in favor of, if that were to happen at some point next summer. Obviously Maximilian Egerstein not having. Be quite the season that he has in the past, but you know, certainly a very competent player. Shaheen and Davi Klausen are great players as well. Um so yeah, I mean it's it's not a team to be taken lightly, uh, particularly on the road, uh a team that can absolutely punish you. So uh I think I wasn't surprised that they were dangerous on the counterattack. I mean they that, that's that's kind of something I associate with them. And uh I agree with your take on the match at that point. They were it was it was passive, but it was a very organized passive. Uh, they weren't doing a whole lot to try to um, disrupt play, but w- when they got an opportunity, they pounced on it, and they uh, they, they countered quickly. So, I mean, luckily, we, we avoided a couple of those early opportunities because despite having uh, the majority of the ball early on, I think the majority of the shots were going were going their way, and they had some of the better opportunities
0: is very reminiscent of uh, the Hoffenheim match where they were just you know very let us do whatever pretty much but then when they get the ball they would go and get good quality opportunities um in this game uh you know two players just stuck out for me being um, real improvements uh, in this game probably their best games of the season and I'm talking about uh, Benito Rahman and uh, Daniel Calagiri uh, the, the two of them they were they were involved in probably four big opportunities in the first half uh, the first one the 23rd when it was actually ha- uh, Rahman Harit and Calagiri hooking up together Cal- uh, Harit ended up am getting a, a, an opportunity to try to score uh, down inside the inside the box but unfortunately I, I don't know if the goalie got it or defender got it but um both those players ramon and Caligiri, are really starting to uh play to where we kind of hope they are they both you know ramon was doing really good things on the ball jack um had has some good moves uh going around defenders and had a lot of fighting them making runs that we didn't see all season long
1: yeah Caligiri, uh disappointing first few matches of the season but has definitely been coming on uh stronger as, as of late and and um getting back to kind of what we expect him to be doing, which is great to see because he's he's typically such a reliable player as far as raon goes I, I I agree with you, I think this probably was his best game of the season. I thought he was pretty good today and yeah. not just because of the goal he was he was very active um give us some flexibility the ball, yeah, exactly Gave us some flexibility, showed defense different looks he was able to stretch the back line at times and and really uh you know ran his ass off and in and put in a shift for us so um Yeah, I was I was overall pretty pleased with him. I'm still I'm still not thrilled with how he's played on the whole so far since coming in. But this was a promising performance. And I would agree it's probably his best one yet. So I was uh, very pleased.
0: I think you're spot on on your analysis there, and uh, Matt. You know, you know, just a couple minutes later, Daniel Kalajdjeri. You know, he inserted himself as well into the game. Where uh, last game he had scored against Dusseldorf, and this one he came close again. Uh, he took a, lo- a left-footed shot. I mean, a rocket of a shot hits off the post and off a goalkeeper. and nearly goes in. Ends up going being a corner. But Kalajdjeri uh, now is trying to start, trying to show signs of confidence on the on the attacking end because he was missed that was missing all season long. Uh, but the last two games, and in particular this game, uh, he's he's really sticking his nose in there and doing good things with the ball.
2: Yeah, and it's important that he does. He's um, quite a key figure in in the Schalke setup. I, I I guess almost it's like he's had to relearn playing as a, as a more of an attacking uh, winger compared to the last few seasons where he's been playing as a wing back or or a makeshift right back and. Um, So I guess having that stability at right back with John Joe Kenny has certainly enabled Calajuri to, to be what he's, what he is, which is an attacking winger. Um, But yeah, he, the early stages um, and that chance he had, which obviously counted off the post and then off Pavlenka for a corner. um, Yeah. That's the Calajuri. We know someone who can, he has an excellent shot um, and, and, and creates opportunities on goal for himself, for his teammates. So that's, we need that uh, as a whole, and, and it was good to see that he's, um, as Jack said, is is slowly building into into the the Caligiuri that that we know, that really reliable um, outlet.
1: It was it was interesting. It was somewhat reminiscent of that uh, that goal in the four four against Dortmund.
0: It was because it was,
1: because yeah. is right footed, but he has a history of. of actually unleashing some some rockets from that left foot as he was cutting inside I was I was kind of watching that feeling like he maybe didn't have the angle to get that off and was kind of hoping he wouldn't and then uh, You know prove me wrong and just unleashed an absolute laser and was very unlucky not to have that one go in
0: Yeah, it creates it created opportunities not only for his shot there hit off the post But it, it led to a corner kick a corner kick where uh, an generally scored on uh, his shot went just wide uh, going back to Benito Ramon uh, in the 43rd minute, uh, he was involved again. Uh, his his cross over across the box to Amin Harit, uh, back post. Uh, Amin Harit looking for options, uh, takes a curler of a pass shot. Uh, it goes in either way, uh, intentionally or unintentionally. Uh, Chaka are up one nothing, but um, Chaka Nation want to know: was that an intentional shot or was that a pass? I mean, I I I think personally it was. Uh, a pass looking. I think it was Rahman who was coming in, or no, it wasn't Raman was Somebody else, Serdar maybe. But um, Uth. Okay, there Uth. But uh, yeah, I went in nonetheless. Uh, I I'll, I'll take it. Uh, Matt, what would you make of that play?
2: Yeah, good. Really good build up. Um, in in the outset, and then, um, <clears throat> it almost looked like Harry had got himself in a bit of a pickle. Um, with with the Bremen defenders covering him, he does very well to to attempt across... To Utu, to be fair, the way Utu was running in it, he had more chance of handling the ball than he did headering it. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, having him at his best this season, which we've had is now sixth goal of the season. And, um, yeah, vital. It was vital considering the state of the game where Schalke had been had control um, of, of the first half. Um a good reward for effort considering that, you know, we'd had those chances midway through the first half and it was a deserved goal as well. And, um, yeah, it was good to see.
1: I want to shout out Kabak on that play actually though, because I think he picked that one up, uh, in his own half and ultimately picked up, picked out a really nice pass to Calajori to kind of spring that thing. Yeah. Um, who ultimately played it into Ramon, but uh, yeah, I would echo what both of you said. And that was one of the stranger goals I think you're going to see. Um, Because I think it was was a Gebre Selassie, maybe Bogfreta that kind of yeah. showed showed up to him and we not letting him do anything. And he somehow found that sliver between the two of them and just kind of dinked it, I think, for the head of Ute And Pavlenka did not have a good game.
0: No, he did not.
1: That's he just <laughs> looks like jittery and nervous. I don't know what he was doing on that one. But yeah, one of the stranger calls you're going to see. But uh, that's just the magic of Harit this season so far. And hopefully he can keep that going.
0: I couldn't have said it any better because I think that's that's Harit's kind of luck he's having this season, where uh, his influence is just finding ways to uh, you know affect the games, whether intentional or not. Um, his goal, his
1: his goal tally compared to his xG on the shots for the, the goals group? he scored is so out of whack. Is it? I mean, because the, the one he scored against Mainz was like I don't know, like .02 or something like that. I mean, like he's he's just scoring goals he should not be scoring. So. That makes you a little bit worried in terms of uh, how, how whether or not he can kind of keep that thing going. But bottom line, I mean, even without the goals, he's having a phenomenal season, and that's been absolutely vital for us.
0: Yeah, what did lead the team last year? With, what six, seven goals last year? And Har- Harits already had six, so um, hopefully he continues this pace and, and and crushes that number uh, this season. Uh, yeah, but it's a deserved lead going into halftime. Kind of like Matt said, uh, I think Shaka were the better team in the first half, though they you know they did give away a couple of scary opportunities against. Uh, for the most part, Schalke was pretty much the, the team that was uh, in possession, looked confident, and and looked like they should deserve the lead. Um, I made I I did my one of my Shaka minutes at halftime, and I said, you know, one nothing lead, that's great, we deserve it. But we've seen the story before where Shaka does not get that second goal, and other teams find their way back. We know teams always find their way back. That's what Schalke does, right? They allow the opposition back in, and so I thought going into the second half. We needed to get another goal, Jack. I know you feel the same way because we talk about this way too often is when we get a lead and not building on it and and increasing that lead because we know that the the consistency isn't isn't quite there yet for Schalke defensively
1: yeah it's it's very similar to uh you know that first season under Tedesco where it's like we'd, we'd get a goal and we we kind of knew that we'd have to get a second one because we we were kind of like a bend, but don't break team. Like we're, we're not going to keep that many clean sheets. We're going to let them get on the board, but as long as we can get 2 we usually comp, you know, competent enough to kind of keep people off. Um, maybe it hasn't been quite that way this season because we've conceded more goals than that. But uh, yeah, I would agree. I think we, it was very evident to everybody that uh, this Verde Bremen team had, you know, had goals in them at this point, And we, we were definitely going to get a need to get another one to give ourselves a little bit of a cushion.
0: And cushion, we got Matthew. Are you sitting down? Because there was actually a striker sighting uh, in the second half, in the <laughs> 53rd minute. Uh, Benito Rahman steals the ball from the defender, goes on a two on one with Amin Harit. I thought he was going to pass to Harit. Everyone thought he was going to pass to Harit, including Pavlenka, apparently. Uh, but he, Ramon, as a striker does, goes for goal, gets the goal. Uh, two nothing for Schalke. Uh, a striker, side, indeed. How happy are you to see not only him score, but you know someone other than or a striker score, just for 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 the sake of it?
2: it is, is relief allowed to be the word we use? Because, Absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, yeah, it's really good because it's it's the way he he articulated the goal um, is was exactly what he'd done all game. That high pressing, he did a lot of work um, in the first half and, and and prior to coming off, just hounding. The, the Bremen defense. He, you know, he gets he does well to beat Langkamp, um to the ball, and then the angle suggests that he has he should probably play the ball centrally to um to Hari, But he, he what he does well is he's patient, waits for Pavlinka to kind of open up, and then obviously through the legs and uh, a good goal, but pivotal for him. Firstly, goal for Schalke, um, and hopefully that will be the first of many.
0: Jack uh, Benito Rahman's uh, resurgence as of late—it's um, kind of funny because there was all this uh, contra- controversy with him uh, prior to the Dusseldorf and, or prior to the the people Pokal match where he scored the two goals. And since since that came out, really, he's kind of like hunkered down and really refocused, and he's done a lot better in this game in particular. Um, he looked like, uh, had, I guess, shades of what we were expecting of him to be, and and that is you know um, getting his nose in goal and, and getting the goals when we need him to. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm
1: on the record so far this season is saying I've been disappointed with him overall, but I think I've also been on the record saying that I'm willing to give him more opportunities than I am with yep. somebody like Mark Good at this point, yep. who I think we've seen enough from and know what we're going to get, and we have to give Robin time to get acclimated and you know figure things out in this side. It's still relatively early in the season, um, so I'm, I've been fine with him getting additional opportunities, and uh, yeah, he's starting to capitalize on those, and I'll tell you what, I mean... I think I was like a lot of people watching this match that expected him or kind of wanted him to play that to Harit. But I actually love the fact that this goal was scored in this way because that's a goal do. that I hope he gets some confidence from. That is the kind of decision that, like, he looked very confident on that play, decisive, Um, you know, waited for Pavlenka to come off his near post maybe a little bit more than he should have, Um, kind of cheating over in case that pass came in, and then he 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 took advantage of it. Um, because it's the kind of play where if you don't pass that to Harit and you miss, it's not good. No, and that would have been really bad for his narrative on the season. And uh, that's that's one of those things. If you're gonna if you're gonna be selfish as a striker like that, you got to finish it. But the best strikers, I think, are are selfish strikers and, and and see an opportunity like that and you know their mouth is watering and they just want to go after it and they and they they go for the kill. And he did there and I and I, I loved it. So good for him uh, getting on the board. Hopefully. Uh, you know, more to come. But uh yeah, I think I would just echo both of you and just imagine Shalka striker scoring a goal. I mean it's it's, it's truly it's truly incredible. So uh, more of that please.
0: And the timing could have been better because uh, shortly after the goal, uh Claudio Pizarro come, comes on, another guy we make look like Lewandowski. Real quick, hold on, sorry I gotta interrupt you. Yeah. What
1: what did you make of the controversy about the uh the foul on Land Camp around that goal? Because that that went to that was in discussion with VAR, was it not about whether or not that think, was going to yeah. be waved off?
0: I didn't think it was a penalty myself. I thought uh, two players going for the ball. It was shoulder to shoulder contact. Um, you know, I thought Roman was did did fine there. There was no foul there. Um, and I thought it was a, it was a good no call ultimately because, um, it's, it's, it's a contact sport. You're going to be, there's gonna be contact. If he had elbowed him in the head or something like that, or, or kicked him in the knee or something like that, that'd be different. But I thought it was a, a fair challenge, uh, a football challenge. Richard, it's a man's game, Carmen. Uh, Matt, right. how, how
2: did you see it? No, I agreed. I mean, there is contact, but you know, you have to be like, okay. You know, Ramon got to the spot first. Langkamp took the easy—I'm going to say—he took the easy option and fell. Went to ground and was almost looking for some sympathy. Um, yeah, no, no problem. They they talked it. Uh, the, the referee Benjamin Cordes, um was listening to the um, the, uh, the 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 video assistant. Uh, didn't even have to look at it on the monitor. So, no problems.
0: How about you, Jack?
1: I to me it looked like Landcamp um, saw Raman coming and so kind of took a quick touch or kind of like half back pass to the keeper or whatever. Maybe slipped as he was doing it. So to me, I think there was contact, but it was it was post the ball being played. And I think even if Raman doesn't end up hitting him at all, I think Raman gets to that ball first anyway. So I'm not entirely convinced the outcome would have been would have been different either way. So I'm fine with them. Obviously, I mean, I'm, obviously, I'm happy they didn't bring it back, but I think. I think that was probably the right decision there. I think that would have been pretty harsh on us if they had um, decided to overturn that.
0: Yeah, I, w- I wasn't too worried that they're going to overturn it, but uh, you know we've seen crazier things, so I would not be, I guess, I, I guess surprised if had it had had it been reversed. But luckily, it didn't, and luckily that goal did go in because you know as I said, Pizarro comes in. Um, he has a history of doing. Re- he-, he used to be a really fantastic striker. Uh, he's not got the legs anymore, but apparently, Schalke make him look like Lewandowski. Uh, he comes in, and as soon as he comes in the game, Matt. Uh, the tables almost turned. I mean, Schalke started playing in more of a 3-5-2 defensive setup, um, really allowing Bremen into the game, and Claudio Pizarro had his fingers all over the all over the ball, uh, really creating opportunities as soon as he came in. I mean, the momentum just swung from one end to the other uh, with the insertion of uh, Claudio Pizarro.
2: It's crazy someone his age can still actually have an influence on the game, even if uh, a certain team allows him to do so. Um, but yeah, they, they looked far better, Bremen, having essentially what is a true number nine because you look at Osako who is a better playing behind the number nine and Rishitsa yeah. is one of those weird ones where he could be exactly the same but he's also influential out wide. And as we saw with the, the introduction of Pizarro and then later on Jonas Egerstein, uh Rishitsa went out wide and was was equally as dangerous um, you know in, in terms of the build up play and 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 whipping balls into the area. But as we said, yeah, you know, Pizarro looked dangerous and, and he and he had that almost that half chance, um, at when he came on, uh, which was eventually well defended by Kabak.
0: It was. And, uh, you, you know, Pizarro is causing, you know, causing havoc for Schalke. Um, I was wondering what the heck we were doing. And, and I, to me, I, I was, you know, I knew I, I, I could just see the things go the way I was playing out. Bizarro is really an influ- uh, influencing the game. Um, more and more opportunities are happening for bremen and I said you know what they're going to score here um, the question is how many uh, so we're lucky that we had that 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 cushion goal that Jack mentioned you know from from Raman make it 2 nothing cuz this is the this is the inevitability that we see in every game Jack is uh we we lose our focus especially it seems to be at the hour mark where we get tired all of a sudden and uh other teams start coming into the game and uh, this game was was a perfect example of that <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was, I know this is a cliche, it was It was really a tale of, of, of two halves. The first half, I think both teams were very, very passive, as we said. Schalke had, I think, the majority of the possession, but weren't very uh, intentional with it, I felt. Um, I think Suat Serdar, in particular, was very frustrating in the first half with his lack of interest in uh, doing anything interesting off the ball to try to show for the ball and create an outlet for his, his his teammates. Um, A lot of walking around on offense from him. Um, So just kind of, you know, a lot of us kind of kicking it back and forth without too much thrust. And, and, you know, like, yeah, like Verder Bremen seeming not particularly interested outside of counter opportunities. And the second half really opened up quite a bit Um, slightly more end to end. Verder seemed to really want to go for it. Suddenly. I think I agree. I think the Pizarro substitution, Somehow had the impact that it did. Uh, <laughs> it's wild. But uh, yeah, yeah. And then they, 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 Brayman had a really, really good 30 minute period in that second half um, where they were really taking it to us. And we were definitely on the back foot.
0: Pizarro really, you know, caused their goal. The goal they scored in the 80th minute. He ended up doing a, a cross back post to Gibraltar Uh He makes, uh, Nubel makes a fantastic save on him. Unfortunately, the ball trickles out wide to his right. Osako is there, puts in the rebound. Uh, horrible marking on that goal. Uh, Matthew, we were talking earlier about the Dusseldorf match and how there was some terrible marking in that game this This goal in particular was a terrible marking, leaving uh, Gibber Selassie wide open and then no one marking uh, Osako on the rebound there uh just uh sixes and sevens for Shaka's defense on that
2: yeah and it, it almost seemed kind of typical that it, A, that goal was going to come yeah um but yeah it's it's not <laughs> it 's not how you defend crosses and you look at. Um, in, in terms of how the defensive line was, it's quite clear that they wanted to remain quite tight inside the box, and as a result, they allowed Gebra Selassie so much time and space um when he received when he received possession. But yeah, I, I almost feel sorry for Nuble because as a goalkeeper, there's not a whole lot you can do when the ball is absolutely smacked straight at you. He does as much as he can. And then you're trusting your defenders are going to be able to uh, pick up the pieces. Uh, unfortunately for him, it was Osaka who um, was aware to, to the situation and, and had a really easy goal. But yeah, it's not not ideal to defend those kinds of situations the way that we did. And sometimes that's that's kind of the case with Shaka defensively. And, and as a result, uh, we were made to pay for it.
0: Jack, was there anything from the, on that goal that you saw defensively that maybe uh, caused for concerns maybe from the midfield, uh, not picking up guys who they should, or or how'd you see that goal? You know what, I
1: have to go back and look at it again. I, I think, I don't know exactly whose fault it was. I, I know that Nastasic didn't exactly cover himself in glory on yeah. that play. I think he was just kind of spinning around trying to figure out who he should be marking, and ultimately the answer to that was that he was on nobody for that entire play, didn't um get on Gabri Selassie didn't cover uh, the rebound. And then it's exactly it's exactly what you say. It's you know, Nuble's job is to make that save. You can you can make an argument that like, oh, he should push that out of play or something, but that's the kind of thing where, you know, it's a volley, it's a reaction save. His job is just to keep it out of the net. That's where you need a defender come in there and, and get the rebound and pre- uh, prevent a a second chance opportunity, and we were uh, we were late to that one there uh and it's it's just hilarious because it's it's pizarro i think who plays that in right so there you go yeah, yeah. um he comes in and plays a you know just a delightful ball and uh yeah i i don't i don't really know if it's a midfield thing i I think it's just some disorganization at the back Kalbach was maybe a little bit too far out there um wasn't yeah i mean they just got in behind way way too easily so there you go um and that was, what, about 10 minutes left in the match. And at yeah. that point, I think all of us were just kind of like, oh, no, here we go. Like, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I mean, when, it, when it's a two-goal cushion, even if Bremen's playing pretty well, you're not nervous because there's a lot that has to happen before then. But then, you know, with 10 minutes still to go, all the momentum is going their way, and they get that one. You know you're going to be in for a, uh, a pretty intense final 10 minutes or so.
0: Uh, you know, we knew, uh, obviously, Wagner knew that something needed to happen. And before the goal, uh, McKinney came in the 72nd for Mark Uth, Um, but then the goal would score. So Shaka needed, you know, needed a savior to come on. So obviously, Guido Burkstaller would come on in the 85th minute. Um, and then I think the play of the game, uh, gentlemen, in the 90th minute happened. We thought for sure we're going up 3 uh, 1. Daniel Caligiri, having, having a good game, sets up Burkstaller point blank. And he shoots it to the corner flag for a throw-in for Bremen. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, this is this is Franco Di Santo written all over it, Jack. Uh, we saw this with him in the past. This is another reason why this man shouldn't be playing anymore. I oh, mean, I okay. like, I so like listen, dollar, but.
1: here's the thing. This is the kind of Bergstahler substitution I actually don't mind in the sense that you're up a goal, it's late in the match, bring him on just so he can, like, run at people, maybe pick the ball up in the corner. And, you know, he's got got the strength and the balance to hold off (laughs) opponents down in that kind of position. So I don't mind him being subbed on there. I'm not going to criticize that substitution. Um, But, yeah, I mean, not not like the the, shot. (laughs) Yeah, not not the clearest cut opportunity, but had a decent amount of the goal to aim at. And somehow I think he was going for the top right, the far right corner, and somehow slices this to the point where it actually goes out on the side, Um, like literally a horizontal shot um it's it, yeah i mean you feel bad for him but it's it just kind of adding to the meme at this point i mean this guy what is it What was that his 25th shot of the season
0: yeah i would say the announcer said oh yeah. that's his 25th shot with no goals yeah, that was
1: kevin <laughs> hasard i believe that that gave us that stat so zero goals in that many shots and uh that's about the worst one he's had and probably will ever
0: have fingers crossed knock matt, on wood matt is that just kind of the, the sums up the kind of luck burks has been having this season
2: yeah, I think the one against Hertzoblin was actually a lot worse, where he, he dispossessed Nicholas Nicholas Starker, and oh, he yeah, had, he literally had Rooney, it's just and Rooney Yashta's out of position. It's like you have an open net, and he for some reason smashed it over that. the smashed it over the bar, the bar <laughs> and into the curve. So <laughs> oh. he, he's special. He, I, I, <laughs> it's a shame. It's, a, it's actually kind of a shame that he's um, yeah turned into. Uh, Unfortunately a, a bit of a
0: meme yeah he's,
2: he's, yeah a shocker meme and that's it is a pity because he does work hard and that we 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 will never take that away from him it's just right. that your 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 main job as a striker is is to score goals and if you've had seven shots on target from your twenty five shots for the season yeah that that's problematic and it, yeah it's uh, someone has either changed his boots or has sold them on eBay because the boots he's wearing at the moment don't work so he might want to he might want to fix them up
0: yeah and we, i mean we all love burksdaller he's he's got to be one of the hardest working guys on the team but you know luck isn't on his side at the moment and um, at least coming off the bench is something we can at least agree for agree on at the moment I thought that was going to hurt us that that miss because Bremen kept having opportunity after opportunity wave after wave and right basically at the buzzer Rashica with a with a they I mean the play is just opening up and I'm watching I'm like oh no here we go and the ball ends up to Rashica on the left side of the box he takes a great shot uh, Nubel with a great save uh, preserves basically preserves the win uh, too close for comfort gentlemen but uh, Shaka do walk away with a two one victory against Bremen. Uh, at the time, moved them up to a third place in the table, uh, but then they dropped back. I think down to fourth or, or something like that, maybe fifth. After we were we were today.
1: fourth at that point, and then Leipzig with their victory today oh, knocked it. us back right. down to fifth. Right. But yeah, a brief period of time in the top four.
0: Yeah. So, uh, what do we make of the game? I mean, it, yes, we're happy with the win, right? But um, overall, kind of what you expected, uh, Matt. I'll start with you.
2: Yeah, uh, it's, I, it's 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 a it's a needed result considering. We haven't beaten Bremen, I think, till, since 2017. Um, and considering that the points dropped prior to the international break, it was good. Our first hour was 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 controlled, um, but we did that. We do we did that thing where we we allowed our opponent back into the game, allowed them to get some control, uh, get some chances, and then make things. Uh, very hairy in the final ten minutes, but I think it wasn't a bad performance. But it wasn't as good as we can be. And I guess, and I guess that's it's kind of that fine line. I think we found it in the Tedesco area where sometimes we played really badly, but we'd find a way to get a result. And, and it kind of felt like one of those games where we were controlled, but we weren't great. Um, but in the end, we still won the game, and that's the that's the most important thing.
0: I think that pretty much sums it up, Jack. Uh, is that how you feel?
1: Yeah, I think it was a decent performance. Um, I, I do think if if Werder Bremen would have drawn or even won, that it would have there would have been an argument to be made that they deserved it. I think they definitely had the higher quality chances in this game. Nuble came up big a couple times. I want to say I haven't checked the XG. I mean, so the X. I mean, once again, how much stock are you taking this? But the XG in this game was was one point seven three for Bremen and point six six for Schalke <laughs> according yeah. to Understadt. So, um. Yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty uh, even shots on target, but more, more opportunities. I think eighteen to eleven in favor of Bremen. Um, so, yeah, I think I think we got a little bit lucky, but ultimately, it's a good result on the road against you know a, a middling at the moment, but I think a decent quality opponent in terms of what they what they're capable of. Um, and it was a needed result because I, I believe we had only picked up like six of our last fifteen available points wow. prior to this result. So. Yeah, had definitely left a lot on the table. Luckily for us, a lot of other teams around us on the table had also kind of had some random results. Um, of course, Dortmund uh, yesterday, 3-0 down to Paderborn at halftime. Uh, Paderborn <laughs> unable to hold on for the win, but still holding them to a draw. So, so it was just w- weird things up. have been happening. Gladbach has you know, lost, lost today as well um, to Union Berlin, who are just just dominant at home. I mean, I think who else have they knocked off at home? They've knocked off Dortmund.
2: Dortmund.
0: Um,
1: there's one other decently sized team that I can't remember. Freiburg,
0: Maybe I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, it was Freiburg. They've beaten Freiburg, Dortmund, and now Gladbach at home. Let's just ignore the, the Leipzig result for them. But, um, (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, a strong (laughs) team there. So we've gotten lucky with what's, what's been going on around us. And it was necessary for us to kind of get back to our winning ways here. Um, because, uh, after after this Union Berlin match, which which is not you know to be taken lightly, but after the Union Berlin match, we have uh, Bayer Leverkusen, Frankfurt, Wolfsburg, Freiburg, Gladbach, and Bayern. Oh. I mean, just a brutal run of games oh. in the next like six games or so. So, um, big result here, and I'm I'm overall pretty happy with it. I have just two things I wanted to mention real quickly before we kind of finish talking about the match. Um, first of all, I thought Weston McKenney played well. When he yep. came on, um, a lot of energy, nuisance, did some good defensive work. Um, but I wanted to ask both of you, what was going on with Ut today? Because presumably he was an attacking player, but was often dropping incredibly deep in the midfield. I don't know if that was a directive from Wagner or if that was just something that Marco was doing. But either way, not particularly effective and, and- not where we, I think, ideally like to see him on the pitch, if he has to be on the pitch at all. What did you make of his performance in general and then also kind of where he was taking up some of his positions at times?
2: Matt, I'll let you go first. It was weird. It was so strange to see a striker basically come, to basically be the mascot do a masquerade and come and receive the ball, turn and go. I don't, I don't know if it was a tactic, but it, it was so strange because when... He he came back and, and, and won possession and then played off. If Schalke went forward, we were already a player less heading into our final third. Um, he, it was bizarre. I, I don't know if that was the plan by Wagner, but I would personally not like to see that again because that's... That's something you want your midfield midfield players like you said, Oz, your Serdars, your Mascherelles. If McKenney's playing in that position, let them do that. Your job, you be in the final third. You be an option alongside Rahman. Um, he, he was very, even when he was doing it, he was virtually invisible. He might as well have not even been on the pitch. It was, it was, yeah. I, I don't know how you see it, Richard, but it was, it was just bizarre.
0: It it is bizarre. It was bizarre, um, but it's not the first time I saw it. And I I noticed this against Augsburg a few weeks ago. Both him and Raman would drop so deep um, and try to get the ball because I guess they weren't getting the they weren't getting the the balls the passes to them up in the uh, offensive third. So they wanted to get themselves into the game, I guess, and and kept dropping back further and further. But yeah. Uh, Uth did it again. Rahman was better a lot better in this game and he didn't have to do that but Uth I guess felt compelled to drop even further back to get the ball and try to start up the play. Really trying to do a role like you said as a Mascarel or even a Sardar or or Caligiri and really take himself out of the play and then ultimately it's Rahman up top by himself you know hoping that Harit and Sardar and and the, and the rest of the guys uh, can catch up with him but yeah, he puts himself out of position, and he was very non-existent all game. And it doesn't look good for him uh, going forward. You know, trying to get some starting time when you just take yourselves out of the game. And that's this is not the first time that in the last couple of weeks that he's done it. It's, it's happened a couple of times now. So um, it might be a time now, like as Jack was said. You know, we, we're willing to give Ramon multiple opportunities because he's on a new team, getting acclimated. But we know what Uth brings now, and it seems like he's regressing almost, dropping back and trying to be a, a six now. Uh, so maybe it's time to give uh, a old good old number fifteen an opportunity, you know, to get out there. I don't know, but um, hashtag forget Tuchu. I don't know what to make of uh, Marcus So it, it is bizarre, Jack. Jack, you there?
1: That's that accidental mute. Love to see that.
0: <laughs> uh, just the peak professionalism here.
1: No, yeah, no. I, 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 I that's just something I wanted to address, just because I, I I was watching that and not understanding what was happening. There were some very strange shapes in the buildup I and mean, obviously Mascarell joining the back three and build up Harit dropping deep to receive it. But then like John Joe Kenny was often one of the most furthest forward players with Calajari coming back a little bit, dropping back a little bit. Um, yeah. Just kind of strange what we were doing. Uh, Shape wise, there, and uh, I, I would agree. I think uh, you know, as, as we've said on the podcast many times, I, I think we know what we have in in Markut at this point. I, I don't think any of us are waiting for him to surprise us going forward, and uh, it, it's probably time to move on from that. I don't know what he's doing in training. That is.
0: He scored a beautiful goal. Didn't you see that in training? They stop, showed the video. Stop. Stop. <laughs> <It's> beautiful. <laughs> but like I mean, it's, clearly
1: something has to be happening because he's he's getting these looks, but it just it just never yeah. seems to translate. Um maybe I'll try to dig into the numbers more and, and see if there's some some work rate things or other things that kind of pop off a spreadsheet about what he's actually doing that I'm just for some reason not seeing and I'm not picking up on the eye test. Um but yeah, I'm just kind of I'm kind of over that at this point.
0: Some questions, comments, reactions from the game. Uh, someone, the uh, Douglas Cummings on on the Facebook group. Uh, he wrote, "Was it a shot?" <laughs> and then the other one was, uh, and we already talked about it. You know, the Bergstaller shot. Uh, but uh, he, his other question was, "Will Mark Uth score before the winter break?" I'm going to flat out say no, gentlemen.
2: No,
1: he's not scoring. No, he he probably will just so that.
0: To spite us, yeah, just so that we can't <laughs> criticize
1: him and then he has like you know, you justify his presence or something. I don't know, it'll that's kind of the way it'll go. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. Um, coming on uh, on, from Twitter, uh, Joseph Lacreda, uh, he gives up uh, many uh, many comments to us. We appreciate the uh, interactions. He says, very good game overall. A lot, they let off the pedal to the metal, um, way too much in the last 20 minutes, but they were strong. Uh, Union will be tough next week, but let's enjoy today's victory and leap over the black and yellows. Amen to that. Um, Karsten Jan, friend of the show, uh, he sent a, a tweet and he says it would be interesting to hear how good pressing is in comparison to the rest of the league. This is something I think you know. We talked a little bit about Jack, um, but I think uh, Matthew, I'm, I'm interested in on your take because I think Shaka do a pretty good job of pressing. Um, you know, we've under Tedesco we had certain presses that we did um and then we kind of let up in the second season but I think Wagner's found a way to press teams at the right time uh making it very it's very much of the heavy metal Jürgen Klopp style where you it's high press up the field and try to cause turnovers because we see lots of turnovers that's how Ramon's goal ends up getting scored Matthew so uh, in comparison to the rest of the league how do you think the pressing is for Schalke it's
2: good no it's it's certainly much improved from from last season's iteration um and yeah, and as you said, the, the timing of when when to press and when to sit back has, is is much better and, and it leaves us less exposed. And, and as with with the Roman goal and, and on multiple occasions throughout the game and even throughout the season where we've been able to profit and, and at least create opportunities for ourselves um, by, by feasting on the mistakes of, of, of the defenders thanks to our pressing. And I think um, overall, when you look at certain teams who play that high intensity style of football i mean it, it's it's certainly improved a lot um under under david wagner and and, and that's a, that's a positive and you look at the best teams in the league you look at you know you Bayern, buying obviously now uh, under hansi flicker becoming the buy we knew they were uh, a team that presses quite well and and you know it's not as good as theirs but it's it's good it's 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 something we'd like to see and it's and and it's good when it when it comes off and it and it leads to a goal.
0: Jack, I'm kind of feed off of him. I, you know, I agree with him. It's it's uh, it's up there as far as the best presses in the league. Maybe Bayern and and Dortmund when they're when they're good have better presses. But other than that, I mean, Schalke's press is pretty good. It's very effective.
1: Yeah, something else to dig into in terms of the data. Um, maybe I can see for next episode if I can have some information on where we compare um, officially in a couple of different metrics. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been it's been very good this year under under Wagner it's been it's been so much easier under Wagner to see kind of exactly what the game plan is in in a lot of matches where I think last year under Tedesco it was just very disorganized and and you would watch a match and you'd you'd like I don't even understand what we're trying to accomplish here Um, it's not readily apparent a lot of the times it wasn't like oh I see what we're doing but it's just not working it was just more kind of like I don't even know what the goal is Um, and and I guess the example I was using this season is particularly that Leipzig match like you could see what the pressing triggers were um, and, and exactly how we were trying to go about um, implementing that. And uh, yeah, it, it's been great. But I think I think sometimes when you when you hear about, um, you know, a, a very hardworking, pressing team, you think that, you know, the players are just tired and kind of worn down. And it's, it's very, you know, um, unambitious or something like but I, I think the players are having a lot of fun under David Wagner as well and have more freedom in some ways offensively too. And so it seems like they're yeah. they're 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 willing to put in that work because they're enjoying their football more than they were maybe last year.
0: I think you hit the nail on the head too about the fun and, and a little bit more freedom on the offensive end because before they were they seemed to be more restricted of what they did offensively. It was all about you know defensive discipline and now they feel like they have a freedom they can do a little have a little more fun and, and really go after teams. So uh, love love both your takes on that. Um, I'm gonna leave the last comment for the end because I I just want to leave it for the end because this to be a good one. Um, real quick, our thoughts on Union in Berlin uh, next week. Uh, it is at home, thankfully. Uh, Union, as as Jack and and Matthew mentioned, are very very good at home. Um, this is a team I have a soft spot for because as you guys have talked about, you know, playing with Schalke and FIFA. Uh, Union, Union and Berlin was always my team in FIFA, especially because I like you know they were my Spite fight- Bundesliga team to follow. Just uh it was just fun to play with them. Um, so I'm going to start with Jack first because. Uh, our guest has a uh, extensive knowledge, or more knowledge than us, at least about Union Berlin. So, Jack, what are your thoughts initially going into this uh, home game against Union?
1: Well, yeah, I would certainly defer to our uh, our Friday Bundesliga resident expert here today. But um, it's been it's been a solid campaign for them overall. I think they're sitting firmly, you know, mid table at the moment. Um, yeah, not a lot not of, t- and they're doing that. Not through a lot of draws. It seems to be kind of feast or famine for them. Yeah. They're either winning or they're losing. Um, but that's not a bad strategy to stay up because I think overall, I think it's probably a better idea to try to try to go for it and uh, you know pick up those three points, then rather than just accumulate a bunch of draws, it's going to help you uh, significantly. So uh, I mean, we talked about already what they're like at home. That's a very difficult atmosphere to go into, and we've seen some big clubs already um, get get tripped up. Uh, On that so far this season, including uh, including today. So uh, not an opponent to uh, to take lightly. Obviously, I mean, this next game is at home, so we don't have to worry about that. And hopefully that gives us a better chance of getting something out of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is despite them being newly uh, newly promoted and all that, uh, you know, a a team to take seriously. Just looking at the example of what's happened to some of our um, neighbors up higher in the table.
0: Yeah, Matthew. Uh, this team is certainly very capable, especially when they're at home. We've talked about they beat Freiburg, they beat Dortmund, they beat first place Gladbach this weekend, um, all at home. But they're 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 ahead of schedule. But this team is a is is a pretty solid team, and they're um, they've been a perennial fight the Bundesliga team, and finally they made it up to the for the to the top draw, and they're they're doing very well at the moment.
2: I mean, when. The sea prior to the season, I think when you had the three teams that went up, uh, Köln, Union Berlin, and Paderborn. I mean, Union were probably them, and Paderborn were the two teams. You're like, well, it's going to be really tough for them um, in the league. Paderborn have shown that, but that's yeah. because they play a particular way, and and under Stefan Baumgart, they are going to play that way, which is this high octane, high pressing, use our pace on counter attacks. That's how they're always gonna play. And and you look at Ornion, Union are very conservative. They like to sit back. Against certain teams you'll see them try and play with a bit of pace. But they're very you know, we're we're more than we, we more than trust our defence to hold our own. Um they've got some good attacking players, Sebastian Anderson, who was a really good signing for them last season from Kaiser Slouten heading into the 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 eighteen nineteen Spider Bundesliga season. He's been really good for them. I think he's got six goals as well. so he's and he scored the, in the in the in the uh, win over Gladbach. Um they've, they've, they're a, they're a solid team, their waveform was very sus last year. Very good, they were hard to beat. They beat some unbelievably good sides um at home. Um, in the Sparta Bundesliga last season, they beat Hamburg, they beat they beat Köln, and they the only team they lost to at home last season was Paderborn, believe it or not. So um, <laughs> their away form was iffy. I mean, to even get to the playoff, uh, well, to, well, they missed out on automatic promotion only because they had to come from behind uh, to Valfeld Bochum on the final match day. Um, so. They're going to be tricky. I would expect Schalke to have a ton of possession. They will sit back. Um, and, and very much when there's a chance to counter, they'll do so.
0: That's, that's, that's excellent to hear. Uh, excellent uh, analysis there on them. And, you know, it's not like they're a one-trick pony last year. While they were in this fight, the Bundesliga, they took Dortmund to extra time. The DFB people Cal nearly beat them. Uh Dortmund just squeaked by on uh, I think penalties or something, or maybe oh, it was a late goal, it was a controversial late goal in my opinion. <laughs> but so know, uh, Union will be difficult, but I think I think we're all comfortable saying that uh, kind of what Matthew was saying is that you know Shaka will have the possession and they should be the ones ultimately who come out with three points in this one. Um but you never know with Shaka, right guys? <laughs> uh. Well, the last comment I'll leave us with uh, came from Aiden Calhoun on Twitter. And his comment was, how do you feel knowing that we are above Borussia Dortmund in the standings after match day 12? Matthew is a guest. So I'll let you go first. How does it feel?
2: It's good. I didn't think it was actually going to happen, but it, it feels good. Hopefully we can maintain that. Um, but yeah, it, it's good. It's nice.
0: Jack, uh, going into this, uh, the the second game against Dortmund last year, they were like 31 points ahead of us or whatever. So now, in match week 12, we're ahead of them. Um, it feels good, doesn't it?
1: Of course it does. Of course it does. But it, it's one spot, and uh, yeah. you know, it's 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 one draw versus you know we we have one extra win compared to a result that turned into a draw for them. So um, nothing to uh, to brag about at this point in time. The top of the table is still very very tight. I think from what ninth place where Bayer Leverkusen sit to fourth place is three points. Ooh. So, I mean, yeah, it's Gladbach with 25 Leipzig and Bayern with 24 and then, you know, a couple 22s 22s, three twenties. And I mean, it's, 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 it's still at the point in this season with, with how close a lot of these teams are playing that, um, things can change rapidly over the course of just one or two match days. If a couple of results don't go your way or do go your way. So, um, Got to keep a level head, keep grinding, and uh, hopefully we can we can hang around uh, this kind of area of the table and and be in striking distance at the end to get a Champions League berth, or you know at a minimum um, get back into some European football in the Europa League.
0: I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree any more than that. That's uh, that's wonderfully said. Um, To keep up with Schalke, especially if you're here in the U.S., uh, make sure you sign up for the U.S. newsletter for Schalke. It comes in monthly, uh, so you do not want to miss that. And also give the the Schalke U.S. and Schalke English accounts a follow uh, for all your uh, Schalke needs there. Uh, Gentlemen, I think on that note, we're going to wrap this one up. Keep tuning in each week as we bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. We want to thank Schalke of Fox Soccer for providing tidbits on our podcast today. If there are any topics you would like us to discuss, send us a tweet at Schalke America. We want to give a shout-out to our very good friends at NBC4 Nashville for their support. But more importantly, a special thanks to our friend Matthew Karagich. Plug away, sir. Uh, Anything you want to talk about, the floor is yours.
2: Yeah, I guess I'll, put, I'll um, plug the podcast, the Spider-Bundesliga podcast, the only English-speaking uh, podcast on the crazy world of the Spider-Bundesliga. We record an episode once a week on a, a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Um, we have a Twitter. Uh, you can follow us at 2BundesligaPod. Um, and, yeah, and I guess I'll plug my uh, Greta Furt piece, which will come out on Wednesday. Um, so, yeah.
0: And uh, give uh, give the listeners uh, your personal uh, Twitter handle.
2: Oh, oh yes, good. of course. Yep. Um, so you can find me basically at my name, at Matthew Karagich, capital M, capital K. And, yeah, um, you can see my variety of tweets from raging at the Minnesota Vikings to... <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to I, love, I love the losers. That's, that's where it's about. Um,
1: <laughs> Didn't know I had an NFC North rival on the podcast with me right now.
0: There you go. He's a well, Chicago Bears fan.
1: Oh geez! Un- un- unfortunately,
0: <laughs> I'm a Redskins fan, so that's even worse <laughs> than both of you. So,
1: oh man, wow! Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> sympathy, <laughs> sympathy. <laughs> uh, no, but oh, I, w- I would, I de- would, I would definitely echo that. I would say that anybody that's interested in in, in trying to keep tabs on this fight of Bundesliga, if, if you tend to be more Bundesliga focused um, and you watch a lot of those matches, and maybe don't have time to watch matches or don't have access to them for whatever reason um you know sometimes it's a lot easier to stay on top of things just by you know listening to an hour-long podcast or something along those lines so definitely check that out um something that i i need to get better about myself as well keeping tabs on the lower league and that's a great resource for sure so thank you to matthew for joining us today
2: thank you for having me appreciate it
0: yeah, yeah, keep up the great work because uh, you know, I've been following you, guys, following you for a long time and you know, enjoying this fight to Bundesliga. I don't listen to many podcasts outside of the ones I do, so uh, yeah, yours is one, definitely one of the ones I listen to each week. So uh, keep up the great work. Um, Jack, uh, where can our followers find you on social media? As always, the
1: home of the Freaky Teacher Movement is at J-M-Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter.
0: Once again, I am your host, Richard Carman, and you can find me on Twitter as well at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready, and we'll be with you soon. Shus.
1: Shout out NBC4 National.